What's up everyone and welcome to episode 117 of the Just an Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Uh, as usual, I'm your host, I'm Tim Baerbeck, and I'm recording and editing this a little bit earlier than I usually would. Um, I had a pretty busy weekend, so wanted to get this done, as always, always trying to get an episode out each week for, for you lovely listeners. So despite a, a bit of a busy weekend, thought I'd try and get this done. Um, yeah, I just thought I'd give a bit of a caveat to that if this if some of the stuff's out of date that I'm talking about in this little intro monologue. Um, before we go deep into everything for this week, just want to say a huge thank you for all the feedback uh, from last week's episode with Lingua Ignota. Um, everyone seemed to love it. It's been doing the rounds really well. Uh, thanks to Profound Lord for for sharing it. Thanks for Kristen to, for sharing it as well. Um, yeah, it's just really great feedback from that episode. So forever grateful for for all your support um so yeah as mentioned been a little bit busy at the moment uh actually recording this on a sunday afternoon as i will be in london watching converge on monday which is the day that i usually put these episodes together um but also uh on saturday so yesterday went and saw cult leader and beds of row in bournemouth with both bands just being fucking intense it was just ridiculous and that like here in the UK at the moment, the weather is lush, it's so hot at the moment, but uh, the Anvil in, in Bournemouth is a basement venue and it was just an absolute sweat box in there, but it was totally worth it. Um, so yeah, there'll be uh, pictures and review of that up on the Justin Insight website uh, at some point. Uh, tonight, Sunday, I'm going to see This Is Hell play their seminal album, Sundowning in full at the Joiners, so really looking forward to that. Um, and then, as mentioned, Monday will be Converge, which, I mean, it's Converge. They're always fucking sick, aren't they? Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much enough of me babbling. I just sort of wanted to kind of, I don't know why, give give you clear transparency of what goes on with this show, I guess. But let's get into this week's guest. Uh, and I'm joined by Sol and John Davies from the band Real Authority. Um, a little caveat before I, I go into the proper intro. When I was recording this, the sound quality was absolutely fine, but now I've listened to it back, for some reason, um, I think the Skype connection wasn't 100% great on their end. Um, that's not no fault of theirs, it's just my recording stuff is just not the highest quality. So there are gaps in the audio, unfortunately, but it doesn't detract from the conversation. But again, for total transparency, just thought I'd give you everyone a, a heads up. But yeah, anyway... Uh, we discuss how the band kind of formed from the ashes of an old band, uh, how they they just want to kind of have fun with Real Authority, really, and also how that how excited they are to kind of get music out there, start playing music for people because they are a very very new band. Um, but there's a lot of kind of excitement around them, and, and rightly so. So yeah, uh, enjoy the chat I have with the guys, and I will see you on the other side. Uh, joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is uh, vocalist and guitarist of punk bands Real Authority, uh, John and Saul, respectively. Guys, how are you doing? Thank you very much for joining me. We are doing very well. Thank uh, you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. No, We're, no, um, pleasure is all mine. We spent a day doing band admin, which has been nice. Um, and I've just eaten a bowl of cereal, so we're very much ready to go on this what, podcast. What's, what's your cereal of choice? I um I'm a I'm a humble man. I'm a I'm a I, I go for a nice earthy music. 
with um, some little par- not some porridge. What is it? Peanut butter and you talking about peanut butter? Yeah, it's peanut butter, unsalted. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all bananas on there. Yeah, bananas and agave syrup. Oh, very nice. And what about you? So, what's your what's your syrup choice? Um, I have porridge now with loads of nuts, raisins, and um, various stuff in it. Coconut flakes, the works. <laughs> Go, going it's fancy. Good. Nice. I like it. I like it. Um, well, as I said before, I kind of hit the record button. The show is called Just an Insight. I like to take my guests back to their kind of origin story, so to say. So, respectively, kind of, how did you both get into sort of alternative music? What was your your first exposure? So, John, I guess if we if we start with you, what what got you into sort of alternative music? Um, I think well, there, there's definitely one moment I remember. Um, I had a friend who was like that friend that my mum was always like, oh, I don't know if you should invite your <laughs> yeah. friend for tea, you know. And his dad was like a big Celtic fan, and and he knew that there was some angsty football stuff. And my mum was like, oh, I don't like that, no. And he came round, and I think he knew that my mum, that my mum was kind of a bit anxious about him being there. Okay. So he brought round um, in utero. Right. And. He he grabbed my CD player and he put on Rape Me really, <laughs> really loud and pressed the little repeat button so it kept going and I was there just like with my Westlife CD like cool this is not this is not Evergreen by Westlife <laughs> um, and I think that was probably the first time I was like super excited by stuff and then um, yeah I think that, that was probably the, the first time and um, Ash Intergalactic Sonic 7 yeah, that was pretty. That was some a girl from Mars. I know it's not like the heaviest thing, but I remember being like, "Oh man, like this is poppy and it's and it's, but it's not poppy, you know?" Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it had it had guitars to it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It wasn't just like a string section. Yeah, and so how about so, yourself? Yeah, um, so uh, my first favorite band was uh, Kiss. Nice. <laughs> Um, learned, learned guitar with um, just being the weirdo at school I think was um, like my my big thing you know everybody was into like 50 cent and I was just like man I, I just like rock music you yeah. know like my parents uh, me all that kind of stuff and then yeah so your dad were, you, were, your, were your parents on the show doing heavy stuff um, Cause your dad's a big Wayne's World fan he's got the Wayne's World guitar he does actually have oh, the Wayne's that's World guitar right. the special edition no, um, it was actually like, it was just friends I was around. Like, I, I started listening to punk music with a mate who I learned guitar with, and then um, later on, I, I made friends with another guy who turned me on over to metal. Yeah. And there, was, there was a band uh, sort of where I grew up, uh, found with NATO, and um, live at like an album launch, just like snuck into their show, and that blew my mind. They were doing all these like cheesy shit, like throwing their guitars to each other on stage, and running around <laughs> wireless, and, like like guitar flips like ninja kicks like works and I was just like okay I want to play metal now yeah yeah <laughs> and that was it for me basically so the the next thing that I always kind of like to ask is like in terms of discovering sort of music and sort of exploring your own kind of tastes and and things like that like what was the band that kind of you were would say was the first band that you would say is your own band because I guess like as you say introducing to Kiss and Nirvana they were bands that were introduced to you but what would you say were the first bands that you kind of specifically found on your own accord and were sort of gravitated to, towards um, I, I, 
100% completely gallows. Yeah. Completely and utterly gallows. Like, I, I remember, yeah, hearing um, Orchestra of Wolves. Yeah. Is it the end of Orchestra of Wolves with the... I can't. So I My name is Carson though, but I'm basically a man. Yeah, and the hardest thing you'll ever learn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just remember like hearing that and just being completely blown away. Kind of, I, I must have heard it on, um, you know, like the CDs that you used to get with Korean and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think I must or something like that. And I just remember, like, just that snarling British thing of being like, I don't know, because I think before that it's like Nirvana and Green Day and people like that. It was like quite American. Um, hmm. So then to hear, like, someone from, you know, like, seeing just down the road, like, doing that. I guess I'm from Wales, so London was quite exciting as well. So that yeah, happens, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like Green Street, like it. <laughs> I remember um, getting ready for school, like, when I was, like, 16, and um, In the Belly of a Shark was on MTV2. And that was probably one of the first bands that I was, like, listening to quite a lot, where my parents were like, actually, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like you you said, John, was it that kind of Britishness that kind of drew you to it? Because I think a lot of people, sort of, kind of our generation, maybe grew up with like bands, like as you say, Green Day, but maybe on the heavier aspect of things, bands like sort of Slipknot and things like that. So was it kind of the British aspect that kind of gr- grabbed you? I think, yeah, I think it's definitely one of the things that I. It's just the, the familiarity of being like, oh, this guy can do, you know, like. I feel like a lot of people, and I still find this now when I'm writing music, I'm like, don't sing with an American accent. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just because certain bands I'll be like influenced by, I'll be trying not to use their kind of like little tone on certain things. So I think it's that familiarity of being like, oh, like it's, this sounds quite um, like imperial, but you know, like, like we can do this. You know, <laughs> Yeah. popular punk was very I felt was very much uh, American so hearing that was definitely yeah I, I reckon it definitely helped that they were British but it just the venom the venom of it I, you know like, I was angry I was an angry kid American punk didn't have as much I feel as well the venom that venom yeah 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 like the lack of melody like in the riff of In the Belly of a Shark yeah. it's like th- that's not that's not right like, and the way it pans like the way like one guitar gets So what about you? Were there was there kind of like one specific band that you kind of grabbed onto? I, I no, I, I do. I think I agree with John. Um, that that was a big one for me. That's one that I could. That that is a big one for me. I mm. think personally. Yeah. 
and then in terms of kind of discovering like music within yourself sort of thing like so I've, I guess if I come to you first on this because obviously you say like listen to like bands like Kiss and things was that kind of wanting to play the guitar was that always sort of something that was in in your head like from those from an early age um well i mean uh it was just always the guitar was always there you know what i mean like my dad's wayne bull strat was always like in the corner yeah yeah so i guess it was just like on the con suddenly it was like uh, my best friend at school at the time was just like you want to like learn guitar together because it was this there was this kid as well like um the school he'd moved from like one of the other schools and he used to like I know it sounds like really lame he used to like walk around with like a, a Marshall clip on on his belt okay. and like walk around like singing and playing like electric guitar and he, he literally didn't care and like, everyone thought he was the coolest person he literally went to school with Jack Black <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was just like okay well I think it's about time I think and also I was really into gaming as well and I think I spent like my entire Easter holidays like playing Time Splitters 3 and then felt empty by the end of it and yeah. I was like right I think it's play guitar now um, but um, yeah um, uh, as for Kiss I really like the visual aspect and I really I, I love those little gimmicks as well like um, the smoke bomb guitar trick that uh, the lead guitar bass Freddie used to do and, yeah. and shit like that it sounds kind of shallow but like yeah, that's, that theatrics. that's what's fun one of, isn't it yeah one of, the things, one of the things I latched onto in the beginning like the way it looked as well and yeah John, what about yourself? Did you kind of dabble with with instruments, or was it always kind of been wanting to be a vocalist that was kind of drawing you to to the music? No, it was, de- it was definitely guitar. Like, well, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think from a young age, it wasn't necessarily the one. I just wanted to be the centre of attention. Um, <laughs> so, like, whether that was playing guitar or, or singing, I just always remember wanting to be at the front and be that person. Yeah, um, which, which is terrible, but you know, at least I'm honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think that was it. Cause, you know, I was just thinking when Saul was talking, I was like, was it guitar or whatever? But I was like, no, I just wanted to, I just wanted to like be in amongst it. You know, not like be necessarily centre of attention, but I just wanted to like be in amongst it and like make sure that whatever I was doing was like the um was was, was it, it filled with energy and I was surrounded by the most energy in the room do you know what I mean like I could be yeah um, but I started I, I didn't really think I was felt like I could sing but I didn't realize that I could do um fun kind of shouty punk vocals until me and Marek the bassist we uh we, we started listening because I met him when I was 16 I think I've been off school for about six months and first day I came in Marek was sat there and I sat next to him in PE we were sat there, you know, like we were pretty small. Mary's still pretty small, but um, <laughs> yeah, and we were sat there and like next to each other. When it was, we, you know, you're going up and doing like football or something, and you know, both quite nervous. And he was, I was like, "What do you do over Christmas?" He was like, "Oh, my um, my my dad got me and my brother an electric guitar, and um, my sister got me this kids and kids in glass houses CD. So I've just been learning those songs." And I was like, "Dude, join my band right now!" <laughs> so we kind of we did. Um, well, yeah, that's it. So basically, after a while, we played music together, um, and I remember just kind of coming to him one day and being like, "Do you want to be in a band where we can just drink a lot, <laughs> both play guitar, and just like jump around and do shit like that?" Was that when you formed the pub? Yeah, <laughs> we were in a band called Pub. Absolutely, um, pretty ugly bastards. Um, yeah, so we were in that band, and, and that was um, 
yeah, I, that's when I started like, like shouting and stuff, and everything got a bit more exciting. And yeah. I think that's when I realised that I could sing. Um, uh, and then over time, I, um, the next band me and Marek joined, I stopped playing guitar on some songs. Okay. And I was like, oh shit, okay, this is interesting, you know, like, and I'd walk over bars and stuff like that, and I'd like crawl over tables. And yeah, yeah. Sat on where they didn't want us to be and stuff like that so it's very much like cool one becoming a frontman kind of thing and then yeah so that was kind of um, it was I don't think it was either one to be honest it was just very much like I just want to be involved with everything every aspect of it and be surrounded by as much energy as I could be yeah and then in terms of kind of discovering the other side of, of music is obviously a huge part of it is playing live and sort of discovering live music. So when you were both growing up, what was kind of the the respective music scenes like where you were growing up and what were the first sort of early shows that you were going to? Uh, I, I saw... Who did I see? I was a band called... Um, Rash Decision, a power oh, violence band. Yeah, um, I know Rash Decision. Now. And, uh, yeah, and my mate who I was talking about earlier, who I learned guitar with, he plays guitar in that band, has done since he was 19 years old. Um, so Simon? Yeah, Simon, yeah, there was a... There was a oh, um, what, Simon Walker? Yeah. Oh, I know, yeah, I know, Si. How do you know him? Uh, so, through Monolithian. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, 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 with Shannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah so... We've known each other since year seven. We, oh, we okay. Yeah, I played the first game with Simon. That's, that's cool. That's, that's nice, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was also a band called The Island. They're, they're still going, actually. They're an all-female uh, psychobilly band. Oh, um, cool. And then there was also um, NATO, obviously, from, from Cornwall. They were the band that actually like got somewhere. And it was really weird at the time. I just remember everybody like, bitching about them and their really bad record deal. In hindsight, I'm just thinking, like, it is more than any of you did <laughs> yeah. a lot of people just stay down and they never get out you know like, luckily I moved away but yeah those are just some of the ones that were knocking out uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah I just had like this is great I don't know if you in Wales like everyone likes bands that are like metal yeah. or bands like Pyro okay you know, like, <laughs> those are the kind of that's kind of you know and that's good thing because when you grow, when I was growing up you know I could have easily got into some uh, boring music I don't know but it's it very much like all of the local gigs like I, I used to have quite a small button like nose but I remember going to a ska gig once with a band so they were like a heavy metal ska band but they never had a drummer they played to a backing track weird <laughs> so weird yeah it's so weird and I just remember getting my nose broken um, in the mosh pit when there's about four people in this like um, massive guy hit me in the face but you know that was in my, like my local pub so I think yeah, the local scene in my little town was really good we actually with uh, my other band we actually played a gig there recently um, yeah and it's, it's again it's that kind of like heavy music lots of kind of big riffs and stuff so yeah I get uh, the, the local scene I, I was super lucky to just kind of um, be, be around it because I got to start playing like punk shows and stuff yeah. when I was like 16 so it just meant that, um, and a big part of it as well as like I, I had a bit of a problem with like ac- acrophobia, what it was called, um, 
and what was really nice was when I started then like playing in bands I could then um, feel safe in, in the sense that there'd be like 30 people that I know were mates and we'd just all be in the room listening to each other's punk bands play yeah. uh, so it's like a big help as well so it's quite lucky it's very inclusive really nice I was always called um, I don't know what Sense sense for this podcast, but I was always called JJ CCF, JJ, JJ Cheeky Cunt Face, so, <laughs> yeah, because, because yeah, I think I was a shitty little grin, and I was always being an idiot and drinking other people's beers and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. play. So, but um, and then in terms of kind oh, of just, oh sorry, go on, go on. Uh, little, a band called <laughs> Hit the beach, and they were Baywatch themed hardcore punk band. Are you serious? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and they they were they were wearing like speedos on stage. Well, it wasn't a stage; it was like a shitty pub corner. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> the stage. Yeah, definitely worth mentioning that one. <laughs> and then, in terms of kind of you guys sort of delving into sort of the punk world yourself, sort of thing, John, you've kind of touched upon it a little bit, like sort of like playing guitar early on and stuff but what were your sort of early incarnations of I guess quote unquote proper bands that were actually gigging regularly and going to sort of out of town what were what with your sort of first dips of toes in water so to say yeah I mean like so like I said before me and Merrick we played together in um, that band called Pub yeah um, and then we played the band called Pioneer. Was very much I listened to like properly listening to Gallows, you know, bands like Feed the Rhino, um, Black Black Hole. Every time I go, massively, man. Yeah. yeah and like that, at that point, our drummer, yeah, he's the drummer. Yeah, the drummer. Um, he's a great guitarist as well. Um, he actually plays in a band called No Violet, who are really good, um, Bristol-based band. Um, but he was our drummer, and he had like an old VW camper van. So what we'd do is we would. Um, we'd just book gigs like horrible shows so we'd play like you know Steve Dave's The Cock Inn in Walsall or something <laughs> yeah. like, like six people and they would all hate us and we'd get paid no money and I, I actually remember playing one of those shows and one of the massive guys in the head was like yeah you guys you know you, you're not the best fan but you give a lot of energy and I think it's cool that you play these shows for no money I was just like yeah man it's punk rock and then like a year later I was just like Shit, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> um, but that, that was when, when we started playing out of town shows. But me and Marek then moved to Hereford, which is where we met um, Saul and the rest of the guys that we played the band with. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they, they were in a band called Weathered Hands. Um, they'd released, you'd released like an EP, hadn't you? I didn't think. He used to release two songs. Vocalist was being like really funny. He didn't want to play. He basically was a vocalist who played one show. Funny enough, it was Live Bar in Truro that Simon put on. That yeah. Was the first yeah. Show without a bass player. And he played that show and he basically decided, I don't like playing live. And I was like, well, okay. this kind of sucks. I'm in a hardcore band and the vocalist doesn't like playing live. <laughs> and then, um, weirdly, there was this, I noticed on like uh, Facebook there was this event being put on. And it was like, uh, do you remember the band Crooks? They were yeah, yeah, yeah. like a bunch of bands. And I was like, shit, man, I know, I know, the, I know those bands. And like this, like my kind of music, and it's happening in Hereford. Who's putting this on? And I tagged like went hands in there, and then like John was the one who was putting the show on. 
and we started talking. Is that, I, is that right? We started, I started talk, telling you about uh, the situation with, with Gabe, and then I basically had to convince Ben and Jamie. I was like, um, yes. The drummer and the, uh, 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 the guitarist. Yeah, yeah. who in, in authority with us. And I was like, I met these guys, uh, Frank and John. Um, one plays bass, one of them is a vocalist, and we need both of those things right now. So, uh, <laughs> is that, you, you, you trying to play a show that I, I was putting on? Yeah, but he didn't. That show didn't happen in the end, or something, or, or I don't know. Like it, the lineup changed. Yeah, I don't remember. It was that. a long time ago. <laughs> but, um, yeah, me and John went skiing the job centre car park, and we've been friends ever since. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny as well is that there was a girl in my. So we both went to Hereford College of Arts. Um, yeah. And so, like, Saul was two years above me. So when me and Marek went to that college, the people who were in second year were the first the year below Saul, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I've always been quite cocky. Um, but, you know, uh, in that in that college, I definitely was walking around like I was the dog's bollocks. And I think, um, I think basically, I was talking to a girl who was the year above me, and I was definitely, I was definitely trying, you know, I was, yeah, from the report. But she basically actually, all the only reason she was talking to me, she was like, Yeah, um, I know a guy who likes metal music like you do, and he's actually just as arrogant and egotistical as you. terms of kind of where sort of weathered hands sort of ends and real authority starts kind of thing talk me through that kind of journey because obviously there's a lot of crossover with members or i think it's pretty much all members bar mm-hmm. one or two isn't it? yeah so so what was the decision to kind of stop one band and start the next essentially I think the rest of the guys were kind of like they didn't want to, they weren't doing anything they, they didn't do anything musically at all me and John were the only two who actually crept on and I ended up joining a band called Kid Brother like straight away and John formed a band called Big But and then um, and then that's when you start doing solo stuff yeah um, yeah as I'm not having a great time brother and uh, there was um, a uni project that uh, I needed to do and I was like me and John had been talking about um, just playing music together again and um, I was like thinking I really need to get this like project done um, and I thought okay well maybe get the old band back together write an album record it and if we don't carry on after that then cool but if we do then great and that's exactly what we did and it was originally going to be a, um, a, a the band getting back together under the original name, but after we we got the masters back, we were just like, this is a completely different band. Yeah. So we can rebranded really everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite it's quite funny because uh, like towards the end of the old, uh, towards the end of Weathered Hands, um, we were Saul and I kind of it was we were very much like not falling out, but we were like absolutely. <laughs> 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 and I think all the other. 
other guys were sick of the fact that we were sick of each other, if that makes sense, because it's me and Saul that, for the most part, do all the writing. You know? Yeah. In, in that band, it was Saul doing all of the guitars, pretty much, wasn't it? And you were doing all the lyrics. All, yeah. But now it's very much like... Um, very collaborative. Yeah, very much a mutual thing. But at that, you know, at that point, we weren't mature enough to collaborate on both things. Yeah. Um, we needed a few years apart. Yeah, I went off and did... Like, the band I was in next, Big Bug, was like super poppy, kind of very polished, like... Um, kind of, you know, indoor pets, kind of like... Yeah. That, but, but even less rocky, actually, I'd say. Um, so it's kind of like that. And then I went on and did kind of like bedroom poppy stuff. The stuff, yeah. Um, and then during that, that's when I started to be like... This is a bit too soft for me. It's a bit too chilled out, and I started to think about making more music. And it was quite funny. It was quite good timing because I think I'd been. If we weren't really talking about it. I feel like I'd just been like sending jokey messages once yeah. more, every now and again, and being like, you know, we should we should write some uh, punk songs, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's actually really fun because at that point we'd matured quite a bit. Like, well, I say matured. We were more mature. Yeah. Um, than we were previously and I think yeah so the crossover is, is quite easy time apart and then come back together and you can feel like everything's fresh again it's yeah quite fun so when you were kind of like when you came back to together was there kind of a conversation of because as you mentioned Sol like when it was recorded it sounded completely different so was there talk of like what direction you wanted things to go in or was it just a case of getting everyone back in a space together practicing and writing and just everything kind of evolved naturally the original idea was, um, I think the the last song that Webland's ever recorded was a song called Chapter One, and it was like this ridiculously heavy, under two minutes song. It was just a bunch of riffs put together, and we went out with that song, and the, the idea for the direction was, let's write songs like that, in that vein. Yeah. And that was like the original blueprint, wasn't it, going yeah. forward. But yeah. <laughs> I feel like like the the bands that I kind of would continuously like heavy bands would be every time I die backtrack um, mainly those two like sometimes Trapped Under Ice like those bands yeah and then I kind of towards the end of our old band and we kind of like Tafita kind of that thing but all those kind of like heavy kind of almost like jockey hardcore bands yeah were what we just listened to and I think we just thought you know what it, it, not to do discredit other bands but we're like that might be quite an easy genre easier than writing a bit more technical a bit more pretentious music so we're like let's just you know write some nice nice hard punk songs I think we really wanted to just like have fun with it because you know like Weathered Hands was very we're not this is the big thing about Real Authority now like we're, when we were in Weathered Hands we were kind of like we had this kind of like pretentious kind of like thing going on um, everything was like kind of trying to be really deep and like yeah. and, and emo and like sad and like this and that and it's just not who we were um, and yeah it's like very juxtaposed isn't it like of course, our yeah. songs to our Instagram account very different very, yeah and um, when, I, when I joined Kid Brother it was actually very much the same thing the same it was not actually that far off in tone and so when me and John linked back up to get together uh, musically it was just kind of like yeah we're sick of that and we want to try and have fun with this now yeah. and that's a great style of music to have fun to <laughs> yeah well I guess to, to kind of nicely segue into the the stuff that you've released obviously you can't face it the music video 
is nothing but a bunch of fun sort of thing so was it kind of taking that attitude to towards that that track and making that video is that yeah it is a hard song but we want to make make fun and have fun ideas I think I was like you know whenever I'll come up and I'll do I'll send over to Saul and I was thinking I was like can't face it maybe it should be like a dark room blindfolds and stuff like that but then and I remember one day I was actually on my way to work um, and I remember listening to can't face it and just like singing the words along with it um, and I just remember thinking like actually this song's way more about I know it's a hard song like you know it's very much like a punky kind of like big gang vocals big riffs yeah crazy solo at the end but I remember just thinking actually this song was written more out of love than it was angst you know like the idea was very much you know Can't Face It Itself is, is a song that's very much written for me like saying to mates you know like the way you'd say to a friend just like you know if you're, if you're feeling anxious you're feeling depressed even if you're just you know doesn't need, you don't need to put that label on it but if you're not feeling very you're not feeling comfortable in your own skin or something um, you can talk you know like it, it's kind of like making light of the fact that a lot of the time you can't face it and stuff like that and you, you struggle to. So I was like, actually, the song's more about love. And I was like, what What topic is love? And I was like, ah. And that's what kind of led me on to being like, oh, why don't we make it more fun? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, shit, it, you know, love. What's more like fun and love than a prom? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I remember bringing the idea to Saul. Saul, you were pretty buzzed on it. And then I got in contact with Ben Pollard, um, and me and Ben spent like an hour on the phone just riffing it out and just like it all just came together really quickly just this idea of just like basing it around fun and you know like positivity more than um, the negativity of just like you know I mean it's kind of like what you, you always say about we could easily be like hardcore and scary and Kind of things, yeah. just like we are. We, really we suck at that. Yeah. We're not intimidating dudes, like we're not trying to be tough, right? We just like, we're just like having music. Yeah, fun yeah. riffs and stuff like that. I mean, you know, the song doesn't take itself too seriously. The idea was, I'm, you know, when, when writing it, we were like, oh, it's a big chorus. Cool, let's have a stupid solo. Because I think you were playing that riff, weren't you, at the end? Yeah. And I was just like, amazing. And so, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he literally wrote exactly what I sung. I tried, I tried my best. <laughs> and just before I kind of move on, got to to ask in terms of the gorilla, did someone jump at the chance to do that, or did someone draw a short straw? They literally, John put a gun to my head and said it has to be you. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so I went. Can I still be gosh? Okay, can I still be gosh? <laughs> and so uh, I went to this place on Old Street. I rented. We we uh, chipped in and rented this gorilla costume, and uh, yeah, I had to wear that. And it was really, really warm under there. Okay, yeah, I can imagine. There was this really funny moment where we were shooting, and like Ben was like, um, "Okay, so I just want you to." And he sort of stopped and he looked at me, and he was like, "Are, are you okay? Because all I can see are dead eyes." <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, and <laughs> if we get yeah. onto kind of the the EP itself, obviously, like you mentioned earlier, John, like that you kind of had. A bit more maturity now to kind of collaborative in in terms of writing. So, when it came to this EP, was was there a lot more sort of collaborative effort in terms of lyrics and and, and sort of moulding the EP in in general? Yeah, massively. So 
I mean, like, so Can't Face It was literally the first song we wrote. Um, and Marek wrote, kind of formed the, the verse. Um, I wrote the chorus and then Saul wrote the ending. And then we just kind of, yeah, it was very much collaborative. Like, for, you know, it's that kind of like the start point of like, okay, cool. Well, three of us wrote this song, yeah. which is more collaboration than we had in like, basically, you know, like two albums worth in, in, in the previous bands that we were in. Um, yeah, so it's just everything. So like, back, back it up's on this record, isn't it? I'm yeah. not an idiot. Saul <laughs> so basically wrote that whole song, yes. guitar and, um, yeah, guitar and lyrics. I think I just helped with certain phrasing and stuff like that. Yeah, just because I'm not like a vocalist by trade, so John was like, yeah, you have to, to, to do this bit like this because that's not Yeah, but it's quite good because, you know, like, it, the, what the best thing was is like, I would, because I think we wrote most of it when I was living in Leeds, is that right? Uh, yeah, so, so I'd be coming down from Leeds and I'd stay with Saul whilst I was working in London. Um, and yeah, you know, there'd be points and I'd be like, no, it needs to be like this, do, 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 or something. Yeah. And then I'd, you know, then a few days later, he'd send me a message being like, does this lyric fit? And then it fits perfectly. So it's like the best way of collaborating, you know what I mean? I'm not saying what words to put there, I'm just saying, like, there's the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really nice, it's really like really satisfying but it also made it awful because there's I'm not sure if we've lost the video or not but when we were recording that song because Saul, it's Saul's precious baby because he wrote all the, the the melodies and the grooves for the most part there's like a video where I'm just getting so angry because obviously I've given it you know given it as much as I could in the studio he's getting the lyrics wrong but getting the lyrics oh no obviously all you can hear is me in this vocal booth that's where the camera was and I'm just like Saul I swear to god I will come in there <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, when cool. we went in and recorded um, the first one and they were actually basically just split right down the middle we um, yeah we just we went in with the idea of writing a lot and like some of the stuff on the second record was very much um, just like huge throughout the whole thing so we're writing choruses um, like me writing just a, you know a verse line or something and then just throwing them all together and kind of figuring it all out but it's, tell you what Collaborating on a record is so so satisfying. Yeah. You, you never you never second guess yourself because what you're not seeing straight away or hearing straight away, somebody else in the band will. Yeah. Um. Really, really like it's great. Yeah, it's, it's on genuinely the most satisfying recording or like writing and recording experience I've had because it's like not taking yourself seriously, which is obviously really fun. Writing like stupid riffs, which is obviously really fun, and like always having someone else to back you up to like mm. like someone always has your back as you know like you're doing something it's like oh that's not quite what it could be when you try to do something else yeah so it's actually like, yeah really sad and in terms of the the EP and as a whole like was there kind of any sort of particular themes that you were kind of looking to address or was it just like kind of that element of we want to have fun writing this EP whatever comes out comes out kind of thing some of the lyrical stuff some of the lyrical stuff was about sort of like what was going on at the time and what was what yeah. happened in the past and stuff like that I think 
Yeah, I think there's there's definitely certain songs that yeah. kind of touch. I think there is, you know, not to be, to be too cliche. I think there's it's quite a lot, a lot of um, transitionary. There's like a lot of transition in mine and Saul's lives yeah. as we were writing. I feel like you know, like so, like I said before, can't face it very much about um, you know, just like you know, helping out your mates in you in the most kind of like loving way possible. The energy is very much written. Uh, from the point of view of like me in our old in our old band, where I'd be always like every day, you know, on messenger being like, "Oh boys, let's do this. Why don't we try this? One, let's try this." You know, and often like firing, you know, off all cylinders, not very focused. Yeah. Um, but it very much, you know, that's the, um, the energy is very much a song about me kind of saying like, you know, the only reason I was doing that is because not because I want to annoy you, is because I wanted to like. Push. I wanted us to like crack on. I wanted us to do well. I want us to do well, you know. And then it goes more into like every day, you know, kind of like nowadays. Sorry, and it's just very much like that, isn't it? And, and I, also, I feel like like party mansion as well. Like when you wrote that, like lyrically, it's just like let's let's do something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that was it was sort of all yeah a lot of it was like about that, like getting getting the band back together, like the energy, the good energy in, in that happening. Um, those kinds of things I don't think we, we thought about it we just sort of like got back together and started writing songs and yeah it was just sort of like about what the time and place I guess mm-hmm. yeah a lot of it and I guess the, the thing with that is that because obviously we were then like you know linking up again as people on like a really human level I guess it meant that a lot of the stuff we were writing about was also stuff that we were talking about yeah do you know what I mean so it was stuff that we'd be catching up on so a lot of you know it, it would be up in the air anyway so a lot of our lyrics and a lot of our the styles of songs and everything would, would they just have such like coherence because that we were both kind of you know given and taking emotions as well as music yeah and then in terms of kind of something that I was quite interested when sort of like looking into you guys a bit more is obviously like you've released the video but then sort of like your whole kind of social media presence at the moment what has kind of been f- fully focused around the release of of the the video leading up to the ep whereas like a lot of bands will have kind of done their like oh this is coming soon like we're a band now sort of like done a bit of like hype with a bit of demoing and then got gone on to release an ep that way so was it a conscious train of thought that you wanted to to do it in that that aspects like almost kind of have everything done ready to go rather than step by step if that makes sense absolutely yeah yeah absolutely because i think tried and tested methods of seeing you know like other bands that we've been in and a band that i was in basically did exactly the same thing that we did mm. same kind of to where we got our song mixed mastered perfect didn't do anything we had an instagram account <clears throat> which I think is similar to what, I mean we teased it a little bit didn't we with this stuff yeah like a week before um, but when you, I think it's just when you come in with a bang it's just more exciting yeah because if you've got a finished product and stuff and we didn't really demo stuff because it's like we were saying before with the uni project we weren't we did, I mean we did demo the songs before we went into the album but we 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 never went into it with the view to being a band like an actual band yeah so there was never really a thought of like, oh, cool, let's put this out to keep people interested or to say that we're a band because at the time we were going to do it under a different name and uh, we didn't re- it didn't really fit the mould of what that 
band would have been if we'd carried on, if that makes sense. We need to give ourselves that ultimate flexibility with, with the whole thing, you know what I mean? Like, we started off as, like, you know, I need, I need, uh, I need to, to, like, hand in this album for my, my <laughs> yeah. final projects. Um, and then it's, like, the old band's getting together under the new name, and now it's, like, you know... Instead of, instead of an album, it's like two EPs and we're, we've got a different name and we've got this whole sort of like thing behind us that has been thought up and been in the works for about a year and a half now. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. we wrote Can't Face It at the end of 2017, I think, and then we had our first, we had our first rehearsals in January 2018 and now here we are. But and it's, it's been frustrating, like waiting that long and trying to make sure that everything's been perfect, but it, it's been so worth it so far. Yeah. And, you know, we, we just want to kind of like do things right I suppose yeah I think that's a lot of it you know like linking up with a good um, PR company as well yeah um, is was like a big thing for us because we just wanted to make sure that you know we put a lot of effort into the recordings and the videos and you know we're not kind of taking ourselves too seriously <clears throat> we also want to give the the music the kind of um, the love it deserves and the you know the love we put into it you know It'd be a shame to just put it out as a demo or whatever. So, yeah, it's very much kind of been right, then release it, and you know we've got music coming, we've got we've got fucking songs coming out of our ears. At this yeah, point. you know we've got lots of material um, already, kind of halfway through an album. So, yeah, we'll resume writing on that for a bit while we sort of like gear <laughs> yeah. up to place notes and it's really frustrating because I just keep writing yeah. well that's that was kind of going to be my, my next question and correct me if I'm wrong but have in this formation of the band under Real Authority have you done any live shows yet? Uh, no no we haven't we haven't um, <clears throat> we um, obviously we can't say too much about it at the moment no 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 that's um, cool but we we've got two shows that we're kind of um we're just waiting on to kind of. We've got, um, yeah, we've got a couple shows that we're basically going to announce soon, hopefully. Um, but we haven't, yeah, we haven't played live together, so that will be interesting. Yeah. I can tell you right now that I'm going to be absolutely knackered. Like, <laughs> yeah. We um, we were writing down the set list for these for just kind of our because uh, up until probably maybe two months ago, and bear in mind we all live in different places in the UK. Rehearse it slightly uh, three times over two months, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and yeah, we've only started properly rehearsing for shows now. And I wrote down this set list, being like, "Fuck, that's a lot of songs. I'm going to be really tired." You know, that's that's like forty minutes of music. Um, and Saul had his phone on the side um, with the time, and we were like, into the last, you know, like the last breakdown of the second song in the set, and, and we both looked over, and it was like three and a half minutes in. I was just like, <laughs> Oh shit! I'm actually gonna die. It's like, oh my god, we're napalm death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrified. So but yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, so we haven't played any shows yet. Well, no, we're working on. But well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, for, in that terms, like obviously having all this material ready to go, is it kind of been a bit frustrating? Almost kind of sitting on it and not being able to share it in that format. It's been frustrating, but um, man, like, you just gotta have. You gotta think about the bigger picture and, and make sure everything's perfect before you um, put it out there. And you know exactly what you're doing. Mm. You know, like we basically, 
at this point we we kind of planned out we planned out what we what we're going to be doing for like the next few years, essentially. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Not, to, <clears throat> yeah, totally. I, I, you know, it's like it's weird you say that. Is it frustrating? And I feel like I should be more frustrated than I have been. Yeah. But it's been such a fun process doing everything else, and I always quite like the business side of um, the business side of music anyway. Yeah. You know, like the getting everything ready. Um, so now it hasn't been too, it hasn't been too frustrating, and it, I think a big part of it is as well that we want to make sure that when we do play shows, you know, hopefully people know the words to some of them. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, like have it that way as well. It's kind of we want to make sure that when we play shows, because we can't play them all the time. That's the annoying thing. Like I'd I'd love nothing more than to book a tour, and um, but we all work on very very different schedules. Yeah. Like me and school basically work Wednesday to Sunday. Um, yeah, the version has like two days off a week or one day off. Jamie lives in Leeds. No one really knows what he does. <laughs> um, yeah, Ben's like Ben works a human person job, so like we, it's, nine to five. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's really tricky to kind of fit everything in. So we can we can't really tour as a band. So when we play shows, we want to make sure that we're playing the right ones. And yeah. Like, um. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And then, I guess again, you've kind of sort of answered what my my next question was going to be. But obviously, with the way that you've kind of done things in terms of almost having the finished project ready to go to the out to the world, what's the kind of sort of vision for where this is going to go once you kind of are able to do like once the I guess once the first EP's out, once you're doing sort of live shows, have you kind of is it almost kind of like the world is your oyster sort of thing or have you kind of strategically planned like where you see real authority sort of fitting into the landscape we um, I think it's very important um, especially considering uh, you know like man's job and you know everything um, to just sort of take it as it comes yeah I think I think when you tried to have this conversation, it's just been a bit too like whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, calm, calm <laughs> yeah. Down. Yeah. We're having a good time uh, playing together again. We got a lot of like good stuff to share with everybody. Um, we got a lot of we got a lot of vision like visually. Um, um, we got a lot of material that we're writing, and we're just going to sort of like take it as it comes. You know, like not ruling out a tour in the future, but if it happens, it happens. You yeah, know, we're just going to take it as it comes. I think, but we definitely have a lot of like vision with our like material that we're writing and stuff like that yeah, yeah. I mean I, yeah it's sort of right I think we you know I think I don't I don't want to sound too business like we've got a business plan but <laughs> yeah. to a point you know we're being sensible because we're, we're all we're all adults and we're you know we, very, we want to do it for fun but we also want it to be sustainable yeah. we don't want to lose money on so we don't want to end up um we don't end up presenting it, you know. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was the thing. Like in previous bands, like you, you, you burn out like so quickly after a few years. I mean, like when we were in Wales, hands, we had insurance on. We had to give it up after like six months. Yeah, because we just broke up and everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, like we've got with with we've written. You know, we've written. So we've got a second record, which. It has a different sound to the first, not too dissimilar. You know, it's like the second set of songs. We Same production values, just kind of. A it's a different style, so it's yeah. basically they're the second lot. So it's like yeah. 
it is still it's the natural progression you know what I mean um, not to give too much away um, and then the stuff we're writing after that again it's just the, 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 the following progression so I think what the music that we're writing and the fun that we're kind of dictating where we're going to be so we, we get to what's fun is that we get to demo these songs um, as we're going kind of every now and again demo a couple more off back on them and say okay cool this gives us a fairer um, uh, idea of where we're going to be in let's say 20, 2021 yeah. it, it, the music is kind of dictating yeah, where we're going to be which is quite satisfying I think that's cool as, as, you know we're not trying to fit into the mould that we're giving ourselves yeah that's cool um, it's going to be a bit different because the way I usually end my show is I ask my guests what their favourite song is to play live, but you guys haven't played live yet. So um, I guess at the moment with the material that... We'll, we'll go with the EP because that's obviously what people will hear first. So uh, each of you, what is your favourite song that's off, off the EP that people will be hearing uh, and why is it your favourite song? You go first. Uh, I because uh, I'm not sure I'm really not sure my mind changes like every day yeah like, honestly because I I love them all equally I think but I, I, I I'd probably say I mean like you know we haven't played live yet but I think probably um, the song that I think I'm probably going to enjoy playing live the most is probably a song called Depression Issues yeah um, because it's got a big breakdown at the end and it's really fucking weird <laughs> yeah. so you know, like that that song at the moment is what I'm loving the most. It's got some organ in there. It's got like, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty dark. It's got like it's like a little spoken bit in there. Um, I think that's going to be a really fun song to play live. And yeah, but just because I think it's going to weird people out a little bit. Yeah. Also, they're going to be able to have a bit of a thrash around. Cool. So, what about yourself? Yeah. Like maybe, uh, maybe uh, it's a toss up between. Um, I'm going to say Party Mansion. Yeah. Because uh, it's got a big riff in it and the ending is just crushing. <laughs> it's crushing. It is true, it's crushing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be pretty devastating to play live, I must say. I was going to say the energy, but yeah, Party Mansion. I think. Yeah, I think the energy is just going to be quite like yeah stupid to play live. I like the energy because that riff has been kicking around since Weathered Hands and we were like... That's so true. We, we were like... we I remember playing that riff um, when we were in with hands in the rehearsal room and like we were all just like that's a sick room we can't use it <laughs> <laughs> we can never use it we can never speak of the riff again. I think when Saul used to play it as well um, Jamie our guitarist used to sing give it away by the chili pepper nice when you hear that song you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to hear anything else yeah it's unashamedly new metal and it's just disgusting Perfect. Yeah, imagine for me. Yeah, Perfect. I was gonna, yeah. Brilliant. Face, some people <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you very much for for your time this evening. Really appreciate it. Um, I've I've had the chance to hear the EP and it's fucking rad. So, looking forward to oh, to what's you. What's your favourite song? Oh, I think I'm gonna go with High Mansion. To be honest, I fucking love that song. It's really cool. So yeah, nice one. Silver wins this round. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see you guys live. So when those dates are announced, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, best of luck with everything in the future. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for taking your time to listen to us. No, ramble no. on. <laughs> no worries, guys. Thanks a lot.
Take it easy, dude. Cheers, bye. So there we have it folks a massive thank you again for the guys from real authority for taking some time and having a little chat with me uh as always you can find out what the band is doing keep up to date with everything that's going on with them uh on all various social media platforms which will be linked in the description of this episode uh and as always if you like what you hear and want to support the show remember uh you can subscribe rate and review uh on whatever podcast platform you're listening to the show or alternatively you can buy one of our justin insight tote bags by heading to justininsight.bigcartel.com um but yeah that's pretty much it i'm keeping this outro pretty brief for for this week uh thank you again everyone for stopping by the justin insight podcast and i'll see you soon mm-hmm.